Hey everyone, welcome back to Level Break. It's Todd Harris and Rob Lashley, and we're going to talk some video games. So it's going to go like this. If you've listened to any of the few episodes prior, this is going to be a little bit of a different style because now I have Rob with me. We'll talk about some news of the week. We'll talk about what we're playing and we'll talk about what we're hyped for. Straightforward, easy. And we're going to start that today. Right, Rob? We are. I was just enjoying your wonderful intro. Ah, so it's episode eight. Friday, August 30th, 2019, and let's get into some of that uh, some of that news of the week. Sure. So CD Projekt Red finally stepped out and said that they're going to be a dual game studio. They're focusing on a dual franchise model. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they've confirmed that they, for the investors and fans, that they are going to make more games in the Witcher franchise, which is pretty much a no-duh, right? I mean, how do you walk yeah. away from the Witcher after Witcher 3? Uh, And they're going to focus more on additional cyberpunk games down the road. I wonder how they're going to monetize some of that stuff, unless it's just going to be, you know, because The Witcher 3 is sort of, I mean, it's it's not that model of of having any kind of monetization beyond the purchase, right? So I guess it's just going to be updates to it, or at least they're going to do a Witcher 4, or or I guess, I don't know what your interpretation of this is. Maybe it's, uh, you mentioned this when we were talking before we started uh, recording, is it's an Elder Scrolls, or it's a Bethesda style, or Bethesda model. Correct. So, the lore in Witcher is deep, and yes, Geralt has been the main character in the first three, and typically is in the books as well. However, there's an entire world that's been created there, and CD Projekt Red can create stories that don't just necessarily focus on Geralt. They can pick back up with Ciri and what she's done. Um, and as far as monetization goes, you've seen what they, do- they did with three. They had a very full, robust game. And then they put out two effectively full-blown expansions that I believe they priced them initially around $20. But these were like almost complete games in the respect that they were like 20-hour adventures. Mm-hmm. They were deep. Uh, they didn't feel repetitive to the base game. And I really enjoyed them. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what CD Projekt Red can do with The Witcher in the future. And yes, it is very much like what Bethesda does with um, the Fallout franchise and Elder Scrolls, where they have a cadence of they work on one and then do the other. And I guess, uh, to a lesser extent, Rockstar, with what they were doing um, with Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead. And Red Dead, yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And there's also a similar model, I guess, when you think of dual franchise or you know, sticking with a few brands that, that work. There's other models that have been, that seem to be explored recently around, you know, taking, taking one title and instead of making, all right, so who's doing this? I think it's like, um, maybe destiny will be doing this or they are doing this where they just build on one platform. Right. So So you're really talking about their, you know, a game as a service. Yeah, and they just keep expanding. We, and, you know, yeah, we definitely have seen that a lot recently. I do think that there's been pushback against that, though. I think yeah. people are kind of getting tired of that. And maybe we're seeing that a little bit um, with the Division 2. Though I, I, I personally love the game, but once I got done with the content that was there at release, I kind of stepped back in a way. Um, I think a little people are, some people are starting to get burned on game as a service. Uh, we're starting to see that pendulum swing back to more, you know, consumable, you know. You mean like just kind of, yeah, More consumable like, games, you know, yeah. where there's a start and there's an end 
and you can move on to the next thing and you don't feel beholden to go sit in front of your computer and check out what the newest update is or what they're trying to microtransaction you on your game as a service. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's arguments either way, I think. I think there's some people that really want that consistent predictability and they've got this platform in terms of the, you know, the experience that they had from the start and then have them build on top of it. So if they took, so if, if Ubisoft did this with the division, it would have been the division one just being the division. And then they would have used either that same, they, they would have kept essentially that same engine or maybe made updates to it. Right. And that same experience and just essentially modified it. Right. But the problem with that is there's only so much modification you can do um in a game like that and and ubisoft admitted this at one point they said we want to make changes to this including that you know the cheat prevention we want to make changes to this to be able to you know squash really important bugs adjust some you know gameplay mechanics that need to be there but we can't do this using the existing engine the existing structure you know the existing skeleton that we have put together it has to be torn down completely so i guess that's something they have to plan for before they they start production or at least somewhere early stage in production in order to be able to accomplish that. So it does seem like it's, it takes a bit of planning to, to do that if they're going to do it. But it also, like you said, it kind of limits the, you know, it, there's less new and shiny for them to announce then, perhaps. there's That's the other argument for it, too. Um, and it seems like a CD project in this case is going to have that new and shiny unless they go, unless they take the Cyberpunk 2077 thing and just leave that and just keep building on top of it. Right? They have mentioned recently that they will look into the possibility of multiplayer for cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. However, that said, if, you know, if it doesn't work or doesn't feel right, they'll just always abandon it. I really think that a Grand Theft Auto online or a Red Dead online model could probably work really well for that game. Once it's good, once it gets legs. Love it. So don't say Red Dead online. People might get twitchy. Is there still, I don't think Red Dead online still uh, where people want it yet, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but I agree with you. It makes total sense. So let's move on over to destiny. Um, so destiny is, you know, there's a big old expansion coming out in October, which is going to change lots and lots of things. But of course they're separating the big battle.net divorce is happening, officially happening on October 1st. That is the last day that you can move over your account from bungie.net over to steam. So I don't know the penalties. If you don't, I think you just lose your, I think you lose your character if you don't. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, but, um, it's really straightforward. You just got to go over to bungie.net, click on get started and you select your account and you just log in, log into your, uh, PS4 or Xbox one accounts or your steam account, um, whatever platform it is. And it just links everything together. It's so darn simple. Um, so that did that and it's, and it's set. I feel good. Even though I don't play that much, it's still nice to know. I have my little, my little character ready to head over and, you know, hang out on steam but there's also the cross-platform thing and i haven't done this yet rob you did it you you logged in so what you were originally on console and you logged in on pc is that right correct when i first played through uh destiny 2 i played through on the ps4 mm-hmm. and i got my guardian up and uh completed the main storyline and then stepped away because again game of service yeah. i like to get the main story beats and then kind of on to the next thing so i did that felt good about it Uh, a couple expansions have come out since then i the other day logged on uh followed the instructions very simple was able to merge my xbox account my ps4 account my steam account my battle.net account and took my character from the playstation 4 and was able to play it on my pc and that was through battle.net uh you know in a month or from now it'll be on steam but you can play your ps4 characters on 
your PC now or on your Xbox if you want. Important to note, there is not cross-play. It's cross-save. Mm. So you can pick up and put down that character on any of the platforms you wish to play. Like I could go play with one group of friends on my Xbox, then log out and go play with another group of friends on my PlayStation, log out, then go play with a different group. That's on so nice. I didn't PC realize if that. I want to. Um, and I can use the same character and constantly build that character up. I just beautiful. can't play with all of them at the same time, you know, from one platform to their different platform. So I think that's great. It kind of, you know, it keeps everything separated because there's always the people that complain. And I've been one of them about blending console and PC players together because it's in a shooter. It's kind of unfair. It, it is a little bit, especially in a PVP setup. Uh, so but having that flexibility of being able to log in wherever you want and play and not worrying about crossing players over in the sense of blending console and PC uh, is, is, is really kind of, that's nice. It's really nice. Take it. It's like a good a first lot. step. Yeah, I think so. We're too old, Todd, to worry about being so competitive in the PvP that mouse and keyboard versus controller is going <laughs> to do us in. It's just our old-ass reflexes. I'm trying to make excuses. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> you keep making them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so let's get on to the more fun stuff, what we're playing. What are we playing? Rob, go first. Tell everyone what you're playing, and I think we have some similarities here. Okay, so for on the Switch, I was playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. I went through and played as the Golden Lions. Uh, for those of you that aren't aware, Fire Emblem is a tactical role-playing game that's been around on the Nintendo platform for probably about 15 years. Uh, it, was, it wasn't very popular in the U.S. until... Like Awakenings came out, I want to say six or seven years ago, and then it just kind of kind of blew up. Uh, it's one of those where you know there's the map is a grid, and you move your characters across it, and based on their class, they can move uh, so many spaces, and you know you can bump their stats up, and they can move further. Uh, your attack type against certain characters. They used to have like the weapon triangle where green was better than blue, and blue was better than red, and red was better than green. Mm -hmm. uh, they kind of did away with that in this one. Uh, it's very <laughs> The combat's great. I really like it. It looks good on the Switch. The cutscenes are a little wonky because the backgrounds are static and the people kind of move and it looks a little <laughs> stretched, but the game plays great. Um, the story's pretty good. Uh, it's set in a monastery that's like a school, which is where the three houses come in. So some people have kind of referred to it as, you know, Fire Emblem Harry Potter. Uh, if, this, <laughs> if you reskinned this and made it a Harry Potter game, uh, they probably would have sold 10 times more. Yeah, you think? Because uh, one, it would have been a great uh, platform for that. Uh, and it would actually have been a good game on top of that and not just, you know, yeah, stealing that IP. And they would have gone on a business really just, uh, just paying uh, I think for it's the doing IP. well. I played through once with, like I said, with the, the Golden Deer. I'm playing through now uh, as the Red School. And there's a story reason why I'm doing that. I don't want to give it away because it's a little bit of a spoiler. But you can definitely, there's a new game plus mode, so you can go back and play the story through as the other houses. And it's not <clears throat> going to be like a completely different experience, but there are some some different beats that you'll get depending on the house that you play. So good call on that, by the way, about the spoiler comment. I'd like to say that Level Break Podcast is a no spoilers podcast. What do you think of that? I think it's pretty good. All right, fine. Let's go. All right. And <laughs> on top of that, on the PC... I've been playing Remnant, and before I started playing Remnant, I was really leaning mm. towards Fire Emblem Three Houses as probably being my um, game of the year, thrown up there, definitely in the top three with the Division Two. Yeah. The more I play Remnant, 
the more I'm definitely feeling that Remnant uh, from the Ashes is my game of the year for a number of reasons. Uh, one, because it really has fulfilling cooperative play. You know, you can play this game solo and, for lack of a better term, have a Souls-like experience where you know, you're very focused on strategy. It's not about trying to beat the boss down as fast as you can. It's yeah. learning the routines, getting in and out, being precise with the damage. Um, you throw in a co-op, and it just makes it that much more satisfying working together as a team. And it does make the bosses substantially easier, but they're still difficult. So don't think that you're just going to breeze through it if you get in a group. You can yeah. definitely slam your head into a wall trying to figure a boss out. And this is definitely um, more, uh, I, less, more forgiving than a Souls game because I don't know about you. Yes. I, I haven't played the only Souls-like game I've played prior to this um, is Bloodborne, and I didn't last very long in it. I just got destroyed. Um, yeah. uh, so this is this is great for someone who just wants to go in have a Souls-like experience, meaning you know that those mechanics you know you you go kill a boss you get a cool thing that comes out of it you can go make a really cool weapon you can go gather some stuff and you know it's not by any means a looter shooter or any kind of thing like that zero no, similarity not. to that at all uh right but it does give you that that experience that people really enjoy in those in those souls like games but it doesn't make you want to ram your head through a wall because there the mechanics are forgiving enough in terms of your ability to that immunity effect when you roll right they did amazing things to that. I don't know what they did. There's some kind of magic happening there, but the ability to control your character and get that immunity by rolling and just feeling like you timed it right and that you didn't cheat or you didn't like, you didn't cheese anything, but you just, the animation worked well enough that it feels good, you know? And the shooting mechanic of it, which is the, another thing, Souls like with a gun, with guns, is nice because you don't necessarily, unless you've got a sniper rifle, all the other guns don't, you just shoot and you land your shots. You don't have to necessarily always worry about where you're shooting. It's nice to obviously get headshots because the crit chance goes higher, I believe, with headshots. But well, it's, it's just, not always headshots, right? It's, there's there's going to be different parts okay. on different mobs. So. But there's more damage with headshots. But regardless, it is just, it's just really forgiving and it encourages you to have fun. You do get a bit of a beat down. I mean, I've gone over areas, I'm sure you have several times maybe 10 times even. And yeah. then I realize, oh, that's that's how you do it. Or, you know, if this one mob keeps showing up, that's his weakness. You know, I need to shoot him in the in the hand or whatever and 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 roll and then wait for someone else to come around and then roll again. Like there's little patterns that you figure out, but it's not so obnoxious that you don't feel like playing anymore, right? Correct. But yeah. what I really love too, on top of all of that, is that it is a role-playing game. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of discovery the world has a lot of lore in it and it's not just shoved into your face and it's also something you can ignore. So if you don't want to pay attention to the story that the world is telling you, you can go through the game and play it and fight hard monsters and get cool things. And that be the end of it. But if you want to learn what happened to this alternate version of earth, how it ties into the rest of the universe, you know, where the root came from, what they're trying to do, that story is there for you and notes you'll find along the way things that you will see people that you'll meet and in addition to that your character will evolve over time and not everybody's character will be the same because it's not like you just are presented with this skill tree that you sink points into you earn experience by doing completing quests right killing mobs and you can spend those talents or you can spend those points and talents that you earn 
but you don't know what talents you start with. I mean, you start with a few based on the character you choose, but then you'll do things and you'll be rewarded with a talent. And then you can spend points into that. And I think the character I'm playing now is up to about 18 different talents. And there's, I think there's 30 something throughout the game. Um, uh, it's, it's such a good game. It's, it's killing me. I want to be playing it right now too, because I don't know what they all are. And I haven't yeah. really been looking at wikis and just doing something and being rewarded with this. And it, the sense of discovery right now is so strong with the game. And that's one of the things that keeps pulling me back is finding what new things they have hidden around the corner. Cause there's also randomized dungeons. So mm-hmm. every playthrough is not the same and you can't see everything on a single playthrough. So you're going to want to play through the game, beat the final boss encounter and then reroll your world and do it again and see what's different. And it's all telling you this one giant story and it's fantastic. It really is. I mean, the storytelling in it is really nice. I actually sat there and listened to some of them, and and this is one. This is not a spoiler, but the one old guy you speak to in a helicopter, you just listen to him talk. You kind of are encouraged to, for reasons I won't say. But he goes on. I sat there listening to him for about eight minutes, I think, just telling his story, and he had so many intricacies in the way that he talked, and just the goofiness in a way, and the compelling nature of his stories. It hasn't, I don't think I've been pulled into something like this in a while in terms of uh, the character, even little characters. And you don't, you know, there's not a ton of character building by any means, but they did a good job balancing the gunplay, the excitement of a Souls-like thing while adding some personality to it. Yeah, you're right. This is, this is a good one, man. I just, yeah, I just want, when you, when you turn on your PC or turn on your console and, and you're thinking about what to play lately with Remnant for me, I haven't had any wonders what I want to play. And that's, that's always a good sign, it, right? And it's only 40 bucks. 40 it's not bucks. a $60 game. It's thirty nine ninety nine. 40 bucks. Let's go. Love it. Um, all right. So that's enough remnant. We could have gone on, I think for the entire episode, we can make an entire on show on remnant. We might do that. Um, it, what am I playing in addition to remnant actually before remnant came out and Rob, you are the one that told me about remnant and there was no marketing with remnant, right? We should also say that I know of, I didn't realize it even existed until you told me. So it was, um, it was more of good. that. Yeah, not a lot happening. And then they clearly don't need it in this case when they did such a good job uh, with the game itself. Just we do their marketing for them, right? We as in gamers. So, um, yeah. But before that, and even still during that, um, while I'm playing Remnant, I'm also playing a couple games. One of them being No Man's Sky, the Beyond update came out recently. And this is that big old honking update that brings in, I can't even, there's pages of notes on this, but the featured... The featured adjustment uh, or the featured addition is VR. I don't have a VR headset for it, so I haven't experienced that. Um, but there's been a whole different uh, set of improvements in the game, and including the tutorial. This is a huge port, a huge portion of the game because when you get dropped into No Man's Sky, you're dropped on a planet and you don't know what the hell to do first. And that's one of the ga- one of the things about the game that is really compelling to a lot of people. But to me, it was just frustrating in the beginning because you're trying to figure out what part you need to gather to make this device or to fix your gun or to fix your ship or to, you know, what do I need in order to build this device to be able to fly farther out into the galaxy? And what it does now, it feels like more of a proper AAA title in a way, even though it kind of, I guess, isn't. But it's really polished. You go in there and you follow this tutorial and it walks you through. I think the tutorial, I think I've seen people with 10, 15 hours in and they're still in the tutorial. So there's a lot of hand-holding in the beginning, which is really nice because you got to get that 
it's a bit of a wonky interface still. It's a cleaner interface now, but there's still some issues in terms of inventory management angle of it, which is um, which is an issue. And going back to Remnant, by the way, I will say there is zero inventory management problems with Remnant. And can I tell you how Thank nice that God. is? Yeah. So as I'm talking about how great No Man's Sky Beyond is, inventory management is still an issue. It's the Achilles heel of any gamer in 2019, maybe even last year too, of finding a game that doesn't have problems with inventory, having to, you know, destroy things or, you know, make decisions on what you want to keep, what you have to get, what you want to get rid of because you don't have enough room. Maybe I'm a hoarder. I'm not a hoarder. That's why literally. I can't play You're not a hoarder are you? anymore. Yeah. It just drives me nuts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a shame, but, you know, it, it, they did a fantastic job with this. It's a lot of fun. Um, they've done so much in terms of the biomes, the variability in creatures, uh, the the types of ships, the things you can do with your station, with a space station and your own, you know, with the types of ships you can get. I, I don't know. I could go on forever about it, but there's just less penalty for having fun, I guess you could say. There's less wondering what's going on. There's less, you know, mining is more efficient. Even that little thing of, and that may have been from a previous update, but mining things doesn't destroy my my mining gun in, in, in 10 seconds. And then I have to go find more stuff to... F I will just say that it was... A pleasurable in the first 15 or 20 hours I've played since Beyond released, it's been a really pleasurable, chill experience. And I love that because sometimes you want that Minecraft effect and just relax and run around to different planets and maybe get eaten by some weird creature with three heads and, you know, walking on one foot. Who knows? This is, there's some really weird creatures in that game. Um, what else am I playing? Forza Horizon is another game. This is a game I didn't think I would even touch. I don't know if you played any of the Forza games, Rob, but this one's a lot of fun. It's such a clean, it's a racing game, but it adds it adds RPG elements to it where you're going from race to race. You can decide in the open world where you want to drive to. There's little side stunt quests that you can do, and there's different types of outfits you can get for your character. You can boot, you can uh, beef up your car, but it's not like it's not like you're sitting there in the engine deciding how many pistons to have and the ratio of everything. That's that's for the hardcore of the hardcore, right? For the other games, but this is more of a relaxed, you know, driver friendly game where if you just want to drive your car and maybe add some add some boost to it here and there, it's a lot of fun. You get all sorts of cool cars and drive in these beautiful areas, and it runs like butter. Beautiful. Enjoyed that. And that was free through the uh, Game Pass. We've talked about that before, Rob. Game, Game Pass, Pass thing is just so great. awesome. It's so awesome. Love it. Um, all right. So that's that's what we're playing. And even better, what we like to do is talk about what we're excited about because honestly, 80% of gaming for me nowadays is that hype <laughs> before the game even releases. Just getting excited for it and just getting psyched for what's coming up. And there's a few coming up in September... I wrote out a few, Rob. I don't know if there's anything off the top of your head outside of those or one of those that you're really interested in, but I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you just roll with this one. I'm gonna see what 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 what's Rob Lashley looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the remake of Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which is coming out on the Switch in September. Nice. And so if anybody hasn't seen it yet, it's basically one of the premier uh, overhead view Zeldas. And so if anybody's 
like what is he talking about and that's like you know the zelda one zelda two link to the past mm-hmm. between worlds links awakening where you're playing with the cameras over the head and he's walking around through the different predefined squares this is so, the og right this is the is. og zelda experience what they did is they've completely redone the graphics and took it from being that interesting pixel art that they had back in the day because it was made for the game boy so it wasn't too advanced and they've made it look almost like a claymation so it's it's really cool um i dig it and that is the biggest game that i'm looking forward to in september even though i know it's not quite in the same league as these other games we're going to talk about because it's miles ahead <laughs> well, dude, <is laughs> no, but this also is... coming out uh soon is uh borderlands 3 is due out september 13th for the playstation 4 pc and xbox one uh for those of you don't know anything about borderlands it's uh one of the original looter shooters out there and this one promises to have over 1 billion different types of guns there are quite a few people that are excited for it be playing through borderlands 1 borderlands 2 um not this guy though uh i might set this one out i'm not sure uh i have seen a lot of blowback people uh, in the Fortnite community, you're like, what are these Borderlands 3 skins doing in my Fortnite? <laughs> my kid's like 14, loves those it. Crossovers, it's amazing. Right? So yeah. all those crotchety old bastards out there, they're like, oh, I can't get Borderlands 3 in my Fortnite. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Just be quiet. I know. How dare kids you pollute like my Borderlands, I right? Know. Yeah. <laughs> get over it. Uh, Code Vein is due out September 27th. That's coming out on the uh, PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Code Vein's an action role-playing game developed and published by Bandai Namco. Um, it's set in a post-apocalyptic dystopian setting with vampire themes oh including yeah gifts from the consumption of blood and other supernatural abilities and for those of you that don't know todd loves him some vampires i love me my vampires so we've got you on as the as like the nintendo switch kind of freak i should say freak in a nice way and i'm the vampire freak in the sense that i love the apocalyptic theme of I just love it. Like, of course, Bloodlines coming up. That's that's my baby. I can't wait for that. Yeah. But uh, we definitely both think two we can talk on more about this one in yeah. an upcoming episode because yep. I think I think it's going to do well. Um, I don't think it's going to sell gangbusters, but I think it's going to find an audience and, and do pretty good. Uh, <laughs> the game coming out the soonest though is Greedfall, and that's due out on September 10th. It's an upcoming action role playing game developed by Spiders and published by Focus Home Interactive, who also published. Uh, another game that Todd loved and I actually really enjoyed too. Uh, Vampire. Vampire. Yeah. Yep. That came out last year. Is it Vampire say. or Vampire? I've never figured uh, out what, what it is. It's spelled like Vampire. V-A-M-P-Y-R. I think we just call it whatever the hell we want to. You know, I, I don't know. It's There's no English can, cops. Yeah, that's true. And if there are, they can go away. Not on this podcast, the game, there isn't. Nope. <laughs> the game's set in 17th century style fantasy setting. It's being touted as a blend of The Witcher 3 and Dragon Age. Oof. It's not fully open world, but open-ended areas. One of the things that's really great about this and trying to set it apart is that you have companions that go along with you and these companions can come in and out of your party as you go about the story. And depending on how you interact with your companions, some of them can leave, uh, some of them can more, more powerful and they level up along with you. And I think I'm really interested to see how that dynamic plays out. And also this is another game that's uh, coming in at 49 99. So it's not at that full $59 mm-hmm. price tag. So, um, it's really interesting to see these games um, filling, I guess, what you'd call this double A space. I was going to say, do you AAA, think Focus so Home a little bit, little bit lower down the totem pole, 
charging a little bit less for it too, yeah. but still getting you a really good experience. And it just might not be quite as polished as you want. So like if you're doing a barrel roll and you get stuck at a wall, <laughs> that's why you paid $10 less. Oh God, here we go again. I'm thinking back uh, with Remnant, just some of the, <laughs> some of the animation locks that you get stuck in. That's okay. It's all right. We, we, we love the game and I know, you know what, there's going to be lots of tweaks coming out with any of these games, right? So the, the great thing about these double A games is that there's going to be a lot more uh, agility in terms of the pace at which releases come out, I think, and their desire to support the community. Now, it's a really broad statement that could get some people pissed off, but I really do believe that. I think that there's a little bit of a hunger that's in some of these AA or, uh, you know, gaming studios that is, that's resulting in some of these really cool games. Um, so I'll have to see what Greedfall is like. I'm definitely going to try it, I think, because it just looks... It looks tasty. I mean, it looks that's these open, open-ended slash open world-ish games, um, especially the period types where they're a 17th century. Yeah, that's that's my thing. I think it's your thing too, yeah. a little bit too, right? I think so. Yep. yep. I, I really like. I like low to high fantasy more so than I like future mm -hmm. uh, role-playing games. Same. And real quick, uh, September 20th is the day that Link's Awakening is due out. September 20th. September 20th. Noted. And obviously, that's just Switch. Right? What's that? It's just on the Switch? Just on the Switch. Yeah. All right. There we go. That's what that's what we're psyched about for September. I think what we'll do next time is, uh, you know, if we get deeper into September, we'll, we'll either see how some of these did or see how some of these actually are and see if we were excited to get hyped about it or if we just totally missed the boat on that one. But those are the ones we're hyped about. We'll just keep updating them as we go. Any news we hear on them, we'll just include it. But that is your level break, everyone. Rob Lashley, thanks for being here, man. That was a lot of fun, and I think we're just going to make it a thing from now on. Sound right, good? Thanks for having me, Todd. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. So feedback, comments, and your own news opinions can be sent to levelbreakshow at gmail.com. If you have a game you're looking forward to, if you're have a tip in any of the games we're talking about, shoot it on in, because God knows we miss things. Um, but now with Rob here, I'll miss a lot less. So if you want to hear more, subscribe in your favorite podcast app, and we will see you next time.